You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. The Lost City, which came out in 2022 and was directed by Aaron and Adam Nee. What is this, Taken? Am I Tooken? <laughs> Alan? I'm here to save you. Ow! She has the key to finding the lost treasure. After them! I am driving. Oh, 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 oh! 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 What is that? Just pick it and fling you it. You pick it and fling it! Don't make it sound. <laughs> Getting you out of here. Why are you so handsome? My dad was a weatherman. The Lost City, March 25th. It stars Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Daniel Radcliffe, Divine Joy Randolph, Patty Harrison, Oscar Nunez, and Brad Pitt. The genre would be romantic comedy adventure. So this was basically the 2022 version of Romancing the Stone, but with Miss Congeniality and Magic Mike instead of Gordon Gecko and um, Jessica Rabbit. Sure. (laughs) I was tempted to say Serial Mom, but who remembers that movie? It's quite easy to be dismissive of a silly, somewhat derivative, light-action rom-com like this by simply referencing other films. And let's face it, this film just isn't aiming that high. It's 90 minutes of pratfalls, close calls, exotic mumbo-jumbo, and heartwarming cliches about the misunderstood pretty face who wants to be taken seriously, and the self-isolated careerist who has experienced loss and is simply afraid to love again. Yep, you could even look back through the filmography of both Channing Tatum, he's playing the aforementioned pretty face, and Sandra Bullock, she's the other one, though she's pretty too, of course, and you would notice that, yep, they have both played these characters before. Hell, there was even one distinct visual moment in the film where I saw Bullock's character swimming underwater, and I thought, wow, is this a callback to Gravity? And trust me, that one shot is pretty much where the comparisons to Alfonso Cuaron's science fiction classic end. These are movie stars doing movie star things in a clear-cut movie star vehicle, so I don't doubt that this was done intentionally. Unchain me! That's your seatbelt. Oh, no. Loretta Sage is missing. I'm going to rescue her. I just want her to think of me as more than a cover model. Let's start living dangerously. Alan, what are you doing here? We're here to save you. I'm certified CPR, I'm certified CrossFit, I have snacks. After them! So it's easy to be dismissive about a lot of stuff regarding The Lost City, including those obvious narrative shortcuts thanks to casting. But believe it or not, what's actually not easy is pulling off this specific type of star-driven genre piece. Because let's remember, folks, Romancing the Stone was 37 years ago. A lot of people, myself included, just ate up that goofy South American romantic adventure in theaters, on video, on cable. The chemistry between Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas was undeniable. It was just freewheeling fun. And it was so hard to duplicate that sense of fun that many folks forget that there was actually a sequel to it barely two years later, The Jewel of the Nile. Remember that one? Yeah, most folks don't because it kind of sucked. And in the decades since Romancing the Stone, wow. Theaters have just been strewn with dozens and dozens of attempts to pull off that same kind of rollicking love story slash adventure from many of the biggest directors and the biggest stars. 
to no avail. And I myself probably even saw most of these films in theaters. Six Days, Seven Nights, The Mountain Between Us, Night and Day, which I do have a soft spot for. Medicine Man, I Love Trouble, Far and Away. The list just goes on and on for so many star vehicles, which just fell completely flat. So here are some simple key steps which The Lost City takes to avoid falling into that heap of lame attempts by Hollywood to duplicate the magic of Romancing the Stone. Or actually, even a more classic example, The African Queen. That was with Bogart Hepburn just lightning in a bottle. The first step, pair your leads wisely. Very important. Avoid embarrassing age gaps and or just pairing two stars who on paper just seem utterly ridiculous together. Classic examples of this, Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte, (laughs) Sean Connery and Lorraine Bracco, both just a couple of years removed from Red October and Goodfellas. Fortunately, Bullock and Tatum, they match up well. They're both gifted with physical comedy. And even though Sandra Bullock is 16 years older than Channing Tatum, they both already have established track records of playing pretty well against love interests who are a bit younger or a bit older than them. Sandra looks lovely in that now iconic pink sequin jumpsuit, but she also knows easily how to play it for comedy. Both actors are playing very much to their strengths with these characters. Bullock going dry and self-deprecating as Loretta the widowed adventure novel author, while Tatum playing self-consciously attractive and in over his head as Alan, the seemingly vapid cover model for Loretta's novels. Neither actor is reinventing the wheel here by playing against type, which is essential for this type of movie to really work. I'm going to help you out a little bit. Let's go. Don't do that. Get out of there. There we go. It's so nice to have a partner that you feel as comfortable as I did with Channing. You could pretty much give us anything and we could make a 15, 20-minute bit about it. Manscaped. I don't want to manscape you. I didn't bring my clippers. We were glued at each other's sides. Too heavy. You're going to flip this thing like a cruise ship. Hold on. I I can't breathe. I'm good. I'm not breathing. Are you good? My face. Step two. Allow your protagonists to acknowledge the danger of their situation. Having one or both of your seemingly mild-mannered protagonists suddenly showing a devil-may-care attitude as they deal with dangerous situations not only takes you out of the story, but also out of their budding relationship. It works better when they're both somewhat scared because, guess what? Actual, relatable human beings can often bond through shared dangerous experiences. I know, crazy, crazy idea. For an example of one movie that fell into this trap, see Night and Day, a film which kind of hurt its very central premise when Cameron Diaz's character suddenly had the action chops and fearlessness of Tom Cruise's secret agent in the third act of that movie. Just removed a lot of tension. In The Lost City, we are reminded again and again, all the way through the climax, that both of our protagonists are in fact scared of the situation that they find themselves in. Now sure, we see Tatum's Alan try to be a man of action in several instances, as he valiantly tries to protect and or rescue Bullock's Loretta. But even during one pretty high-wire fight scene in the third act, he's still comically overwhelmed to the point where he asks the goon he's fighting for a, quote, timeout because he's momentarily lost his footing. This film is just loaded with gems along those lines, including one particular scene which had me and the rest of the audience just laughing pretty uproariously. But we'll get to that one a bit later. Okay, uh, don't panic. What do you mean, don't panic? Don't panic. No, don't stop saying panic. I'm panicking now. You have something on your back. No! What is that? What is that? Do you have any on you? No, no. Why? Wait, why don't you have any on you? Step number three. Keep it simple. The Lost City is the story of a successful novelist who gets kidnapped by a wealthy industrialist to find a hidden treasure. 
and the cover model of her novels who goes off to try to save her. They end up together in the jungle in danger, and hilarity ensues. That's it. The villain is straightforward. He's played by Daniel Radcliffe. The plot is straightforward. The stakes are straightforward. And that allows for a romance to develop. Yes, much of this story is quite silly, but it never gets unnecessarily convoluted either. We're here to see two attractive stars get into hijinks in the jungle. And that's pretty much all we get, gratefully. And now step number four. Utilize your supporting characters properly. Romancing the Stone wouldn't have worked as well without Danny DeVito playing a good comic foil in the hunt for the titular stone alongside Douglas and Turner. He gets significant screen time, providing some context for the plot. He's often very funny, but his character never sidetracks the story away from our two romantic leads. Now, as for The Lost City, yes, Brad Pitt is in this movie. And yes, he actually has more than just a cameo. But his character serves a narrative purpose with just the right amount of screen time, His presence does not overshadow our two main stars, even though at the end of the day, he's still Brad Pitt and played charismatically, no less. He's basically playing an extraction slash mercenary type who is sent there to try to help rescue Loretta. And in the first act, it's actually his character who is able to effectively handle several action beats, which Tatum's Alan is not capable of doing. Thus, he can help move the story forward with our two leads escaping together without making either of them less relatable. Really nice, clean screenwriting. Just so simple. Now, is this film flawless? Not at all. There are some impressive exotic locations which look just okay, but just never in a way which truly makes them feel memorable. The whole movie is actually kind of shot relatively flat. And overall, the film has a solid batting average, but some gags just fell flat for me. Several of them relating to the supporting character of a local pilot played by The Office's Oscar Nunez. Now, his character isn't distractingly bad, but it just feels like he's in a different movie, played more broadly. It also helps if you happen to genuinely like both stars, which I do. Now, it's not peak Sandy Bullock, that would be Miss Congeniality, nor peak Channing Tatum, which for me would be 21 Jump Street, but they're still fun to watch together. It might even be as rewatchable as Romancing the Stone. I'll do it. For five. I'll pay you $250. Now, I ain't cheap, but I can't be had. My minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone is $400. Will you take $375 in traveler's checks? American Express? Of course. Not a deal. And that brings me to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. About halfway through this movie, we have a lovely dance sequence involving our two lead characters. They have just gotten a respite by finding a small village near the jungle where they could stay at a hotel and freshen up. We follow Loretta walking out of her room wearing a new dress, looking lovely and relaxed. And what does she see outside in the main courtyard? Why, it's Alan doing a Latin dance with a local elderly woman. He and this lady are teaching each other some new moves, and they're both having a gleeful time doing so. And of course, Loretta is quite charmed witnessing this, so guess what happens next when she walks up to Alan? Well, as it turns out, the local woman is also quite the singer, and she starts to chant a lovely tune with someone else nearby starting to play the guitar for background music. And of course, because this is Channing Tatum, you know, Magic Mike, Mr. Step Up, we see Alan start to lead Loretta in a tango-like dance to this song being performed by that lady. Now, unfortunately, I am unable to identify, at this point, the name of this song, who actually sings it. 
as this film has still not been officially released and there's no soundtrack listing. But regardless, it's still a sweet scene with an effective demonstration of the chemistry between our two main leads. The next category is Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. Daniel Radcliffe's villain. He's fine overall, but he's just not given much to do. His character's motivations for kidnapping Bullock's novelist, they barely register, even though they are adequately explained. Bottom line, Radcliffe just doesn't come off as that menacing, nor that particularly interesting. And nothing against Radcliffe as an actor, as he has proven to be a talented young actor, but I think he might have been just miscast. This role called for someone a bit older and just more unpredictable in demeanor. Miss Sage, I enjoyed your book about the lost city, and I believe you're the one who could help me find its treasure. I have to respectfully decline. I'm afraid I must insist. To me, a better choice might have been Benedict Cumberbatch. The next category is the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. In this movie, in what is likely my favorite scene, we have both Loretta and Alan humorously commiserating over a couple of deaths which they likely caused. And they're trying to explain away how they can't be 100% sure that these folks actually died. They're clearly still scared, but it's also the funniest moment in the movie, at least for me, when one of them says something along the lines of, well, men on bikes just shouldn't be mean. The final category is the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Sandra Bullock is one of our most reliable movie stars. And the fact that she has been able to effectively evolve her screen persona going back now 29 years, wow, to her breakout roles in Demolition Man and Speed, it's quite impressive. Yes, there have been some genuine clunkers along the way, but when she's firing on all cylinders, there are few who have pulled off the feat of carrying a full-on genre picture better than her. I mean, Speed, While You Were Sleeping, Gravity, The Heat, Ocean's 8, The Proposal, Bird Box. Hey, she was good in that movie. She even made it watchable. That's all I'm saying. And possibly my personal favorite star performance of hers, and likely future episode, Miss Congeniality. As with previous roles, she plays an engaging character who is easy to root for, even when placed within absurd situations. I mean, the sequin jumpsuit is just such an obvious visual gag, and she has fun with it. Never comes off as a lame movie star attempt to look glamorous. How do they keep finding us? These will be walking disco ball. And the whole conceit of a famous author of generally trashy romance novels who is so recognizable today that she's featured in live stage shows alongside her cover model. Well, yes, it seems kind of outdated and even far-fetched on paper. But when you have a seasoned movie star carrying it, any concept can work on screen. The best movie stars can make anything seem relatable when they're on screen. And Sandy is just part of that elite and shrinking group right now. And this isn't taking anything away from Channing Tatum, as he's pretty great in this too. But Sandra Bullock has been doing this twice as long as he has. She is the anchor to carry this story. And for that reason, she's your MVP. My rating for The Lost City would be three and a half stars out of five. Overall, I dug this. And bottom line, for movies to survive in theaters long term, we simply need more movies like this to succeed. More variety, less reliance on IP, star-driven, and with mid-sized budgets. And this film delivers on all fronts. If you're looking to watch The Lost City, it's currently playing in theaters. And that ends another sequined review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.